Huh. Here early, huh? Wally's wild world of words and whimsy has only been open a whole 20 minutes, and you're already here for the new comics, huh? Well, we're always happy to oblige a reader on New Comic Book Day. Wally's wall of new comics is fully stocked and ready for you, so take your pick and enjoy. And tell your special someone that Wally says hello. And so you wander to the wall, supporting an early morning peppercorn fant in your hand, ready for the day ahead of you. Oh, the new comic wall has all the goodies ready for you, and they're all raring to go. Investigative Comics is in the middle of their sharp-as-a-bed-of-roses story arc. Perhaps the Herculean Hydra-Man. It just got a new writer, and the new arc has been quite good. The Global Guardian section of the wall features a few new solo books, too. The Thundering Thonic is in the middle of an epic tale against his arch-nemeses, Utopian and Epidemic. There's even a new volume of Commandante Cosmonaut and Kid Cosmos, as the uncle and nephew duo are traveling the edges of the universe in search of a mysterious mushroom. But for now, your focus is brought to the newest issue of Last Light Comics' newest comic. Across the top, we see Rider Unlimited, number two. The cover depicts Harmony Winters, standing atop a small concrete monument. She faces the reader with steely determination, her jacket held in one hand over her shoulder as it bellows in the wind, her other hand preparing to press down the front face of the glory driver to activate it. And that wind is kicking up dust, and seemingly is caused by the massive arm that casts its overwhelming shadow over the foreground. Or, perhaps... It's the rising lizard shape that's behind it. Beside Harmony, an unknown girl faces away from the reader, looking up towards an unknown sky at whatever stands high above. This is Rider Unlimited number two. Don't get crushed. And so, you turn the page. And you find...
as we fade in to uh, the first page of Rider Unlimited number two, we find ourselves, uh, at least at the very beginning, um, just in this, like, complete blackness with a, uh, a dialogue bubble over it that's, ju that's just somebody, uh, not certain, not spe specified who, but the text of the actual, of the box itself is, uh, in yellow as a woman's voice is heard, uh, just going, this is, this isn't us, man. We get, let's, let's just, come on guys, let's get out of here. And the panel slowly fades down, uh, as though it's like moving from just a completely dark room, like down through the like catwalks and tubing of of some kind of like laboratory, as we see a text that is in uh, pink just say, "Yeah, this just this 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 ain't our speed, man. Uh, I respect you and I respect whatever you're doing, but we're not your guys." Uh, and then text that's in black that's just like, "Yeah." This, find someone else. And then purple text as it moves further down and we see this sort of very re like square and uh, rectangular, uh, <clears throat> but also still sleekly designed, almost like neo-future looking uh, robot as who's looking down kind of dejected as uh, purple dialogue now just says, I wish that there's something more that we could do for you, but... We're just kids. <laughs> I gotta think about college. And finally, uh, blue text that's just like, sorry. As we pull out and we see you, Victoria Nichols. You are standing in the center of this large circular room. Your five friends are currently wandering out and making their way towards the exit. Beside you, there is this dejected standing uh, little square robot. Uh, well, robot mostly made of squares, but in a humanoid shape. <clears throat> in front of you, there is this large glowing tube that is uh, seems to be like glowing a very foggy green that inside of it contains a face uh, that is similar to, but not quite that of Nicolas Cage but younger. He doesn't have the mullet that you'd maybe know him for. <clears throat> As we see our text that informs us that the year is currently 1987. Yeah, uh, so we see uh, Vic we see Victoria Nichols. Uh, she is a black woman. Um, you know, like, a little taller than average height. Uh, wears a... Wears, like, uh, denim overalls, white t-shirt, white but the most notable feature is this, like, somewhere in between, like, a red like a red letterman style jacket but like with like almost harping on like you know like you know like those two the you know like adidas pants like those two white lines that go down either side yeah 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 like that was on the sleeves to like almost like to but to like mimic the idea of like racing stripes what's running through your mind right now i'm th i think that um what's going through my mind right now is uh i think where i think what's going up in my mind is just this is I'm just staring at this thing that's in my hand because all of my friends put it back after we were just explained possibly well explained a huge responsibility that was put on us and all, all, all of my friends put theirs back I haven't and I think the camera's just focusing on that right now as I'm obviously not as fast to put it back I don't think I've said anything yet 
and as you're as you're standing there staring down at it having been strange having been suddenly and strangely zapped here while you were in the middle of enjoying a day at the surf and sun down in last light the little robot to your side mutters uh, silently starting to like wander away towards a little computer console and you can't quite make out the the words, but uh, suddenly uh, he he, dis- he distinctly blurts out just just oi 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 and continues onward as the this strange like floating head looks down to you and says, "I have no intention of making of forcing you to go through with this responsibility if you do not wish to take it. If you and your friends would rather." make your way away and leave those morphing buckles behind then i will not stop you i think uh she can i think she instead uh, just kind of continues to look at the buckle and says now hold on hold on hold on i am i'm not saying no to you i just kind of just just pulls hand down to side just like just sort of as a more casual gesture i just have a couple more questions about this thing and all of gestures this you say you've been doing this for centuries? Centuries, millennia, eons, they all begin to blend together after an amount of time. That's so... that's so incredible. As, uh, possibly, like, I I think just walking around with a sense of, like, one fearless, fearless wonder just, like, runs a hand over something that's like, this is just so big and beyond us and you think you really think we can do it and he seems to float there like very quisitively very silent for a moment but not long enough for you to be concerned about it before he immediately starts talking again and you know turning uh as though he's like he's kind of following you as you're like wandering in this little space that's around that you know around the central console you know as much as he can follow you the same way the mona lisa follows you when you walk <clears throat> as he responds eventually yes the Transforce is an interesting entity throughout the galaxy many many people unwilling and willing alike have been blessed by its power granted extraordinary abilities to use against the things that would see the galaxy and the universe itself plunged into chaos. It is also, at the same time, an energy spectrum focused around emotions and emotional capacities, which is why, more often than not, the greatest wielders of the Transforce are those who are younger, more in tune with each of their emotions. For Earth, the phrase teenagers usually used to describe that particular and he kind of stops seemingly looking for a word because he doesn't want to sound too like insulty about saying that you are an emotional creature but he seems to just kind of linger for a moment there and before continuing you are not the first on earth to be given power such as this there have been others before you but you are the first team that I have chosen to try to bring together. The others that wield this power are not of me, or simply no longer wish to wield this energy. And there are some who just naturally have an attunement to the Transforce that can't be fully explained. Things just happen in the world, as I'm sure you know as a resident of Last Light. Huh, don't I know it. As, uh, 
again, I think she goes to, like, just sort of just, like, just taking all of this in. Alright, so, tell me a bit about this Transforce, then. Just holds up the, the red buckle. What's red do? It's, it shuts his eyes, uh, and begins to... You know, like, it seems to start glowing. The tube that, that surrounds him that's glowing this constant foggy green starts to shift, and instead it becomes this sort of foggy uh, red color. Red energy is, as with most Transforce energies, a difficult thing to specifically pin down in its nature. All aspects and energies of the Transforce are strange and... Admittedly, in some ways, even beyond me, no matter how long I've existed within it. But in as much as every energy of the Transforce has in some way, shape, and form a small piece of each other's energies, each focus into their own. Red's energies is, is denoted by the, the ability to keep oneself courageous, primarily. It is the color that is usually denoted to leaders. The energy that it specifically grants to you and the powers that it gives to you is, in a sense, a mastery over each power. Hmm. But most focused and most of concern to your question, I suppose, is that it allows you the ability to wield this. And it sort of like materializes in front of you this like one piece at a time almost like uh, like pixel art slowly coming forth is this like shimmering blade the blade itself is this like distinct uh shining silver color and the like grip and handle that is really strangely massive and seems like it almost has like something that that looks akin to like a, a the the handlebar of a motorcycle attached to it is this sort of massive red thing. The, like, hamon of the blade itself seems to have this sort of strange ripple to it that it's so tiny you can't really see it, but when you really squint you can see this constant flowing multicolored chromatic energy just within it. And after uh, it finishes materializing the head in this tube finishes and just says this is the Turbo Saber, the first weapon that I have crafted out of Starforged steel. As I think, uh, I think when it materializes, I think, I don't really know how to describe this in fiction, but I think the thing that surprises her the most about it is how she expected to, like, have it just drop to the floor in her hands, but she's almost, like, elated about how it's just, like, it almost feels like it's the perfect weight for me to hold it, you know? And I'm just sort of, like, you know, mo sweat, moving it around a bit, like, just investigating it. So what you're telling me is that red is just potential, freedom, courage. I can do what needs to be done to help people, right? In its simplest form, yes. That is the best way that I think that I could summarize it for you. As a you know, I think, uh, just sort of just, like, you know, like, shoulders the Turbo Saber and just looking at it, like, drums fingers against it. <sighs> hey! Uh, Gordon, you said you're tr- you entrust- you entrust us, right? Do you trust me? I would not have- I would not have had Gamma bring you all here if I did not trust you all. 
I think she approaches like the like where the buckles have been hung and goes to take the purple one. I think that if everyone took the chance to hear what you had to say, I think they're all a little freaked out because it seemed really big and you know us in last light we there's a lot of big that happens. I think I can I think I can talk to them. I think I can convince them, especially Penny. And there's a sort of silence as I, as Gordon stares down at you and then turns looking towards Gamma 5 and then turns back to you. Hmm. Yes. If you, if you are going to go and speak to them, then make it clear that I am apologetic. I understand the undertaking that this can seem like it is. But I also want it known that I would not be summoning people that I didn't think could handle it that didn't have some connection to this grander energy already that makes me know they can handle it, and that I wouldn't be entrusting this to other people if I didn't think that I couldn't do it myself either. But unfortunately, Lita has trapped me inside of this, and, you know, the looks up kind of at the tube. And for that, I'm sorry that I can't make this an easier pill to swallow, as they say. As uh, she says... And uh, and with all and honestly, I think you're. I think you got. I think you hit bullseye. Five to, I think you hit bullseye five times in a row. I couldn't imagine five better people to have this power. Yeah, as uh, she's just again looking at the purple buckle. Like I say, it's. I don't think they'll need much convincing. I just think it's a lot at once. Let me try. Let me try. I'm sure. And if they and if they don't and if they don't want it, no pressure. I just. I just think they were overwhelmed. I I think we got this. Seems to nod and, you know, kind of gestures, again, as much as he can, being really... I say I keep saying floating head. He's really a floating face more than he is a head. Can't really see a back of a head on him. Um, but, you know, gestures as best that he can. Then go and speak with them. I'm not going anywhere if you all do decide to return. And she nods, and she's going to go head off to... She's going to go one at a time, just because she thinks, really, this is, like, a lot... Because I think she's aware of how much this is a lot, and really just wants to give each person this... what she feels like the one-on-one they need. She knows, and she's starting with, possibly, her one of her best friends in the world, Penelope. And you go running out with the uh, purple buckle, and... You know, we linger uh, on the sound of your footsteps as you exit, as the Gamma 5 comes wandering back over and looks up uh, towards Gordon and just says, Oi, 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 Gordon, do you think that, that she'll actually be able to convince them? And Gordon, just staring forward at the exit, just says, I can't predict the future, Gamma, but seeing the confidence that she that she carries, I think that we have in fact found our wielders of light as the comic in a way, fades, cuts. We're on a Greyhound bus. The year is 2019. Harmony Winters. You have been on this bus uh, that you boarded after you, you know, went to the next town over from Australia, and you are currently en route uh, through, you know, the the winding stops that you have to go through. Um, you are en route towards Blackstar. How's the ride been so far? Kind of boring, but boring's good. Does that make sense? I think uh, 
just we see her very i think we when the panel comes we see like the palette of the scene is like very warm but soft i think it's like almost watercolory in like the way it's shaded i think she's just monologues briefly about like you know it's weird to not have to worry about having to stop and get the bike up and running every like 50 miles or so it's nice to like actually just get to sit back and watch instead of having to check traffic it's a lot of small things that being driven is very relaxing than is much more relaxing than driving and it's these those small things she really kind of appreciates she's has her coat bundled up because in those greyhounds there's it's either too hot or it's too cold this one's too cold nods have you uh, cracked open any of that uh complete history of the crisis custodians book that you picked up from uh the incredibles bookstore back in australia uh yeah i actually i actually have it's open right now in my lap it's just that like oh we were just passing by like you know it's just you know the countryside but it's nice so i was just taking a moment to take that in but i'm probably i I think she returns to reading very shortly after and you read for a little bit actually i want to ask you what what section are you on what story are you reading about in tales of the crisis custodians i'm gonna give me one second to pick because i have like i have an idea but i'm like should i go this one or that i think i am reading about i think i'm reading about what in the real world we would refer to as the silver age like that period of time and specifically i'm reading about the um i don't know what it would be called in fiction but like if if there's any information about like the the divine the divine tuners that whole bit in the silver age i'm on that section just out of you know oh space is neat as you resume reading and start finding some tales of like strange cosmic events that occurred with the custodians way back in the silver age and uh, the silver era the uh intercom system i guess pa system i don't really know what, if there's a special term for it on the bus but you know the the bus driver uh, speaks out um and it's just like we'll be stopping in gear creek in 10 minutes and we'll be taking a 45-minute layover there to refuel. So if any, so prepare to get out and stretch your legs and do whatever else it is that you'd like to do once we get once we get there. Ten minutes and puts the and you know you can hear the fucking and clicking noise uh, as he puts the little microphone back into its spot. Dramatic reaction face to like the eek, as is the way. It, I imagine like the sound bubble looks like it's go- it's piercing between through my ears, as she goes Ugh. as a uh, lean lays back because like I was just kind of taking taken out of like the the zone of where I was in my book. It's like what oh god do I have to restart with the section? So I just I think I just literally you know what you do with sometimes in history books where I I, I just don't want to restart the section that I'm reading, so I'm just gonna turn the pages and find find and find a little a short article that has a picture attached to it and read that real quick. Nods. Yeah, yeah. And I think as you're as you're like doing that, uh, a very a strange thing happens because you're kind of entering into you know sort of highway area slash you know clearing a lot less trees along this way, um, you know, <clears throat> and you know your whole adventure in Austra- in in the morning in Australia is only a couple of hours behind you at this point. As suddenly you know there's this like shadow that seems to just like come over the. Uh, 
bus and you know like like you it's distinct it's sudden it's like you're sitting there you're looking at the book there's just like you know sun shining in through the window and then suddenly boom, just darkness uh over you like as though it were clouds that had just covered the area but you know that there were no clouds yeah and instinctively i go oh shit oh shit just because that is the instinct to like I know my belt is solar-powered, so, like, whatever, I don't have, like, direct sunlight, I go, uh, because I feel like, maybe, like, I'm gonna say retroactively that, uh, I had, like, my bag open with the sun being able to shine on the belt so it could passively charge. I'm sitting with, between my bag and me as a, and the aisle as a barrier. No, it's... And I look out the window, like, oh, no, what went wrong? <laughs> and you look out, and you see, like, high, towering above, uh, seems to be this, like, kind of desiccated but also at the same time kind of like clearly like refurbished and like re and remade as much as one can it looks like this just giant robotic arm that's just planted there and like you're now driving around it at an angle such that the sun is just like hitting right into where its palm would be and now it just means that you've got nothing it's all darkness uh, for like this little stretch and this thing is not just tall, but wide. It's massive. I think she just stares at it, like, just in this, like, face of just raw disbelief at the, at it. Just sort of taking it in, like, just, whoa. And as you're staring, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's my favorite trope. Um, you know, like, voice kind of, like, speaks up from, like, behind you, almost, like, directly, like, right in your ear, almost, like, around, like by your shoulder. Uh, it's just like, oh, you've never seen Gear Creek before? It's a small detail, but as I'm looking over, she a hand reaches over to shut her bag, like, no, almost defensively. And, yeah, you turn, you spot this um, white girl, uh, blonde curly hair, kind of chubby, distinctively wearing a, a t-shirt for that's clearly some kind of punk band called Ungrateful Deployment. And, you know, she's kind of up on her seat, uh, you know, like, just like, not quite standing, but, you know, like on her knees on her seat. And there's no one sitting beside her, because uh, it's kind of empty Greyhound. Uh, you know, you can see she's got, like, pre-ripped jeans, and she kind of, you know, pulls back a bit because you turned around in such a way that you would have bashed right into her face. And she's like, whoa. Oh, so it's your first time being here? Uh, yeah, first time around, uh, yeah, first time around this part of New York, actually. Cool. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Hi, my name's Charlene. As, uh, uh, you know, she looks at the hand, uh, not long enough for the other person to be concerned about, but long enough for the audience to notice. She has, she hesitates, but, uh, she says, uh, Alicia, handshake. (laughs) Nice to meet you, Alicia. Um, she turns, kind of points out, uh, towards the, the arm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Agathor out there. Agathor? Yeah, um, alright. So, fun fact, uh, this whole area, actually, it might not look like it, um, because, you know, a lot of land development and building and that kind of stuff, but this area is actually, actually used to be a, a pretty big swampland, and then, you know, that thing points up towards uh, the big hand. That thing was stomping around uh, New York State. Not like a threat or anything. It seemed to, it just kind of seemed like it wanted to live here for a really long time. Uh, for like 
I don't know, like 30 years from like the 1890s or something like that. I, 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 I don't think anyone has any solid records on when this thing was really around. But at some point, it tried to fly out of Earth's atmosphere and then didn't didn't succeed and it fell right back down into Earth uh, in like 1924, 5, 6, something like that. And it just crashed right there. Uh, and because it's so big and its body was so much that it just like, it, it basically created this, this like foundation over all the swampland here that some folks in the thirties or whatever decided that they were going to, that they were going to use that as a, she stops trying to find another word besides foundation because she's already used it once the sentence and then settles on. Yeah, just a foundation uh, for the for the whole town, <clears throat> and then they just started building off of it. Uh, since you know it had already crushed all the swamp land anyway, and it and it was so dense that it that that you know its body couldn't sink, so it just kept, <clears throat> you know, just stayed put right there. Uh, the arm got stuck in that position from however from however it crashed, so they just decided to leave it up as sort of a landmark uh, for Agathor. Its head is also around, but they kind of turned that into kind of like an animal sanctuary, or like the like the head like the the main building of the animal sanctuary that's on the north side of town. As uh, you know, she is, she is listening to it all as she sort of just adjusts in seat to like you know be able to listen and still sit, sit comfortably, and she's like. Wow, you really know your history. Either that, or I guess either that or the conjecture about chicks loving giant robots or something about that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd, I'd be. Well, she kind of stops. Uh, kind of, she blushes a little bit. Uh, pulls back. Well, um, it'd be it'd be bad of me to not know anything about anything that's here. Uh, th- th- gestures. This is this is my stop. I, I, my, I'm from here. You're from here? She oh. nods. Yeah. Oh, wow. That must be real. I must, I must be interested in living, uh, like, kind of just looking at it. Living amongst, uh, she's trying to find a nicer word than robot corpse because she, and she genuinely is, but that was her first thought and she's desperately trying to move that out of her head. Robot? She just settles on? <laughs> well... You know, it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting. It's definitely uh, strange. You know, everyone here loves old Agathor, but I don't know that living here is any stranger than uh, living down in Last Light. You know, this this besides the big robot, this town's pretty doesn't really have anything else going for it. Well, that's a sh- I mean, quiet's not quiet's not bad, yeah. But uh, I'm my stop's Last Light. I'm actually heading down that way. Oh, she kind of leans forward towards you again, you know, kind of holding herself up on the back of your seat. What are you heading down there for? I think she's just quiet as, uh, I think she's like, uh, oh, you know, as she's like, you know, almost as if like trying to like, it just sort of get, I've heard a lot about, heard a lot about the town, thought I'd see it for myself. Oh, town. Yeah, I mean, if that that's a way to call, that's a way to refer to last night, I guess. <laughs> oh, what would you call it? Uh, a, a sprawling metropolis, probably. Yeah, but you can't really say, like, oh, I've heard a lot about the sprawling metropolis. You can also just say city, I guess. Well, yeah, but, like, if you say town, you sound more like a mysterious drifter who's going around. She shrugged. Ah, I guess. So so are you just moving out there, or are you just, like, vacationing out there? Ah, no, just passing through. I'm, like I say, I'm just, I just want to see, I just want to see it for myself. She kind of nods. 
Well, if you end up still being around, this is my stop, but I'm only coming around here to visit mom and dad. It's spring break and all, so I decided I would uh, take a big trip just all the way out to the Great Lakes. And on the way back, stop by to see him. I turn to you, Hyper. I'm going to say words. You're just going to have to live with it. She turns and look. Spring break? I expected you to say those exact words. Yeah, spring spring break. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, of course I know. Of course I know. She kind of squints because she's not an idiot. <laughs> I, 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 she pulls down her goggles. I hope she's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Yeah, spring break. Yeah. Do you not know what spring break is? I know what spring break is. What is it? It's a break in the spring. Go on. That we all have. Hmm. And know about. From? Silence is a character. (laughs) It's... Have you never... Have you... Do you not know what... I'm sorry. What... I'm sorry. She stops, she kind of, she stops herself before she, like, laughs, because this is just kind of ludicrously funny. Uh, She's like, (laughs) do you, so, so you, wait, you don't know what spring break is? I, I, I I know what spring break is. Look at me, thumbs, points, points two thumbs at self. Would someone, how would I not know what a spring break is? (laughs) She stares at you. I'm normal. Okay. So, um, she stops because she smells, she kind of smells blood in the water. And now she's also curious. So, what, what college do you go to? I go to, I'd like to assess the situation to find three objects to name a college after. Uh, sure. Go ahead. We'll assess the situation. I have, uh, guilty marked. Oh boy. Ooh, that's a four. You're uh, so you look around to be like I attend. I yeah, I attend a university. I attend, and you turn. You see a person that is uh, messing around with a pair of tweezers. You spot somebody else who seems to be wearing a suit that is uh, mess. Who is like cleaning up the suit with a lint roller, and you see uh, a lad who's just like. Eating some food out of a tupper out of a Tupperware container with a spoon. I feel like I just created a rubber suit. Fucking. <laughs> I go to. I go to Twilight Rolls University for smart people. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to work in the spoon. Fucking. No, it's fine. Truly. I tried. Fucking. <laughs> This is a fucking Twilight Rollers University is what you said for smart people. Yes. Cool. She squints. Twilight University for smart people. I don't recognize. I don't recognize that name. Where is that? Your heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look around for three more objects to name a place after. <laughs> fucking, fucking people came here for a masks AP at the start here. People came for a. Is that us? Is that not what we're giving them? See, look, we're giving the masks. I'm rolling. I'm rolling two d six, adding my superior, which is zero, and guilty mark, which is minus two. And against every odd, I got a seven. She sa- as she says, uh, Albany. Hmm. Charlene squints, leans back. Hmm. I didn't know that there was a school called that in Albany. 
Most don't. It's very uh, private. You know, holding back, we get nails. Like I'm, like I know what I'm doing. She sweats a little bit. You're, you're not like in a cult, are you? Oh, hey, would you look at that? The stop, the stops here. <laughs> the bus that we cut to the outside as the bus comes to an abrupt stop as we <laughs> cut to a different scene for just a brief moment. We focus now on, you know, the inside of this brightly lit lab as we see, you know, this white woman with her with red hair and a ponytail wandering over and she kind of holds out this, this you know, little thing that she's created, a little humanoid shape and she sets it into a machine before stepping back and shutting like a shield uh, gate that sort of seems to be around this machine before she pulls on a lever and there's this sudden burst of all sorts of chromatic energy that starts moving around and through this tube. And then in a slightly larger like little uh, chamber we see that energy get transferred over to it and then the door slowly opens and a shadowed figure emerges from it. This red-haired scientist goes wandering over pulling up her goggles and is just like we know where she must be on her way to right now. There's nowhere else that she could be based on the traffic, based on anything else. She must be making her way in this direction. Miss Zero wants to make sure that we get that technology and her back at any cost. Stop at nothing to retrieve it. Understood? And the individual says, yes, ma'am. And she's like, good, and turns away. I'll be transporting you there then, and goes to hit a button, and like it goes to hit a button on this, uh, you know, large uh, dashboard, and gently presses it down as this thing is suddenly like sort of zapped away elsewhere. As we cut back to you, you're, uh, I assume, getting off the bus to like you know stretch your legs, do anything else uh, than sit down for a moment. Yeah, um, I I think we just see I think we just see her doing as the best I can describe like we just see like it's one really long panel of just her doing cycling through through three stretches like one where she's like as her like kind of fingers folded up stretching arms up next to head one where she's like leaned down like like almost doing like a runner stretch like the best way I can describe it is like semi crouch with one ankle one leg outstretched and then she goes to another one where she's just like. Where she's just like uh, fucking popping her back as if she were as if she had back problems, and she's like, ah, good stretch. Checks time. That was five minutes. Nods. <laughs> as a uh, Charlene comes uh, wandering out. Actually, no. It's like you finish uh, stretching, and the camera kind of pulls out to reveal that Charlene is just kind of there. She's been watching you, uh, like standing beside you while you were doing that, and she's just like. So, do you want me to take you to, like, the little diner that's just around the block from the stop here? Oh, yeah, sure. And so then she squints. Wait, why do you want to take me to a diner? Squints. What do you mean? Uh, she's like, nor- I think she's just go- I think we see a-, see a I can't think of good dialogue except for what she's doing, where she just sits, like, semi-lean forward, like, Hit, like hand hand under chin like going hmm 
squinting, like trying to fit as if she's trying to figure her out. Like, do you have a favor you want to ask me, or? She shakes her head. No, not not particularly. If you want me to be completely brutally honest, which, from what I've picked up about you so far, it feels like that's the case. She kind of, you know, leans towards you, kind of in return to you for you leaning towards her and squinting the way you have. And she's just like, I, I don't know what it is. I find you weirdly fascinating. You seem, re- you seem really just interesting. Is probably the best word I can use for it. And I kind of just want to keep talking with you for a little while. If you're fine with that. I think, uh, I think just sort of like looks around, just realizing like. I think she's. I think like her brain was. I think she's running through like a million different possibilities that that it just isn't illustrated right now, but to be reframed later. As she's about to answer, there's a really loud growling noise. It's her stomach. She responds, "I'm normal." We cut to the diner. <laughs> <laughs> what have you ordered? I have ordered. Truthfully, I ordered my. My food, like I, the only experience I've had with diners is seeing them on TV. Is I've ordered a burger, a cheeseburger, milkshake, fries, and then, but I, and I was told, and when I was informed, uh, you know, you could order anything, right? They have a whole menu. I'm like, really? Wild. Yeah, that's that's insane. You can't lie to me. <laughs> yeah, that tone. But I, and she's she is. What what she's ordered is illustrated as real food. Mine is rendered as if it's from a commercial. I don't have a specific idea of what she's ordered. I kind of have the vibe that she's like ordered some kind of like fancy pasta or like semi fancy like pasta thing, some kind of like like local spaghetti type thing, like a garbage plate or something. But you know she. But you know she's like just watching you as, as you're eating, and it's just like so. You don't seem to be that old and destroyed by the college experience yet, so I'm assuming that you're a freshman, too. Yeah, sure. Oh. What are you interested in studying? Uh, oh, you know, I just, like, I'm just a real, I'm just really big on history, actually. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Any particular, like specific discipline of history or any like specific focus or how superheroes Uh, she uh, she shrugs like I mean it's so you know it's one of those things that doesn't really have a direct degree path it does I'm turned it does turns back (laughs) you know you just kind of got to take the right classes and get there it's like the it's like the cheat code of education you know she kind of you know, cocks her head a bit at that, and it's like, oh, Twilight Rolls University doesn't have a, for smart people, doesn't have a, uh, like, specific degree for the the study and history of, of supers and metas and etc. No, absolutely wild, right? <laughs> and, the, and the panels are that exact inflection of my voice. Uh, huh. That's weird. I mean, I guess it hasn't been adopted in every college across the country yet, but I mean, it's I mean it, it's 
very i mean it's very clearly become an entire discipline i mean you know it's it's impossible to ignore the impact that that heroes and powered individuals and and masks and etc have had on our culture it feels weird that that any major university wouldn't that any major major named university like twilight rolls university for smart people wouldn't have that down yeah yeah well you know what they say about the american education system am i right yeah well yeah i guess you got me there actually in harmony sweating what do they say about the american educational system (laughs) as uh she's like "Uh uh-huh yeah as uh she goes to do possibly the most normal thing she's done this afternoon is dip a french fry in her milkshake (laughs) no it's so she kind of leans for if you're studying history then i'm assuming that that's why you're on your way towards last light because i mean where else are you going to find more important super history than Last Light City, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was my thinking exactly. Um, she says, taking a bite, like, whoa, it's like, looking at it, like, wow, this is amazing. And then she's like, and then she goes back to whatever she was saying. Yeah, I mean, what better place to, like, you know, see it than, like, where history's gestures with hands happening in front of you, you know? So is it, like, part of an assignment or... Like, are you on some kind of, like, special path, or is it, like, a non-traditional university, or what? Because, I mean, spring break is over in, like, what, like, six days? So, like, wouldn't you have to get back to classes to do, like, your freshman gen ed stuff? No, uh, you see, uh, it's a, uh, open concept kind of situation. What? Yeah, you know, like place his hands on table like holding out hands flat as like a box you know like how somehow like the houses you know what how it's all one room so you can watch your brother shit she blinks <laughs> yeah so it's an open yeah it's like that but with education alicia you haven't answered anything that i just asked right now <laughs> matter of <laughs> fact you've you've raised far more questions <laughs> look i Look, it's just, it's fine. So, is there anything in specific that you're going to last light to study about? And this is uh, kind of where she goes quiet, because she's kind of been... I think she we get, like, a shot of, like, just, like, the last time she talked about what she's looking for, and how quick of a response that she got was. And she uh, goes, uh, uh, just uh, trying to find some obscure heroes, I guess. I may have I may have been an interested psychology major that has very quickly decided to not do that anymore. But you know I I enjoy quite a bit about super history. I'm curious. Who are you after? And this is the part where she just scans the room like not like making a like this is the part where she's actually kind of sly where she, like, quickly identifies, is there, like, tries to identify, are there any cameras watching me? Is there anyone in a big, bulky trench coat I should be aware of? That kind of thing. No, it seems clear. It's a pretty, it's pretty empty. Everyone seems to be normal individuals. Kind of an obscure group, the, uh, the Wielders of Light. Wielders of Light? Hmm. I, I, it's a name I've heard in passing. I don't know that I know anything about them. Not a lot of people do, I'm afraid. Uh, leans back. 
one of Last Light's most influential hero groups. As uh, we see, like, a shot of, like, silhouettes. Group of seven. Six core members, but seven, technically. Red Nitro. Blue Propeller. Yellow Overhaul. Pink Towline. Black Fastling. Violet Turbine. And, of course, their extra member, the Masked Rider. They fought through several threat. They fought through several threats that have attempted to invade our world, but no one really knows what happened to them after the early 2000s. Leans back. Pretty interesting, though, right? Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's that is interesting. I mean, I guess heroes go missing all the time, but a group of people that fought off like alien invaders or whatever—that's that is something that's weird to be missing from public record. Hmm. Why do I know? Why do I know? Recognize that name? She kind of leans back herself into her chair, you know, staring forward, pondering, like the that that name, Wielders of Light. I like. I definitely don't know anything about them, but I know that I've heard that before. And she's like, and this is where like she gets Harmony's interest as like she leans in. Where really? Where do you think you heard of it? I mean. I, if I had to guess why I would why I'd recognize them for anything, I mean, I mean, I guess the same reason that I know a lot of hero stuff in general would be because it has some because it's it's at least something that's passed through here gestures, uh, you know, out the window towards Gear Creek, you know, at some point or another, maybe in relation to Starman. I think she, I think just mentally she just thinks to herself Starman that name again. She and then she says pink bodysuit, blue trunks, black star-shaped visor like does like flares out like hand over face. She she shakes her head. Not no, not not pink bodysuit, not star-shaped visor. Pink skin. Right. A black star on his face, uh black trunks. Like it's it, it's like his body changes color. Or something like that, or like he's something. I don't really know what. Uh, it like it doesn't seem like it's a suit, or at least if it is, it's a really good one. Small speech bubble. Hey, some suits are just really good, but bigger speech bubble. Yeah, I'm also trying to figure out stuff about him too. I'll admit I don't know much of anything about Starman, mostly just because she kind of shrugs at that, trying to think of a good way to put it. Yeah, he's kind of Black Star's hero. That's kind of their whole thing. But, you know, he randomly jumps around all of New York State uh, whenever threats that are considered his show up. And Gear Creek happens to be uh, just within his range. So he's he's come through here. I mean, when I was a kid, at least at least like once or twice that I can remember, came around because there was a monster that got big and then he had to punch them. Uh, kind of, you know... She shrugs. You know, as much as I said earlier that Gear Creek doesn't really have anything happen, you know, everywhere in the everywhere in the country has at least some weird thing happen at some point during it, you know? Yeah, I suppose so. As uh leans back, uh, and just sort of just ponders for a moment. But I guess back on the wielders, you think they've been through here? She kinda shrugs. Again, I just I just I I don't know. I feel like if they had, I'd, I'd know something more about them. But I don't know. I just can't. I can't really remember. You know, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just remembering because I'm thinking about hearing other people talk about Starman, and maybe that's where they got mentioned, or maybe they have been through here once or, at some point before. I just don't know. 
You know anyone? You know anyone I could ask? She kind of she actually points now towards the you know the big looming uh, arm that you know just sits you know the, this massive thing that pretty much no matter where you are in Gear Creek you can spot it. They do they do uh, tours and you know have a little historian that handles stuff over there. It'd be a little. Be, uh, she kind of looks at you. If there's anybody who'd know it who know anything about it, it, it might be one of the people up there that do the tours. But uh, if we were to go, if we were to go up there, and I don't know, it might be a bit risky. Uh, she kind of looks back around, like kind of out the window, back around that corner uh, a little bit. It's just like it's on the other side of town, and you know that. But and I know the Greyhound's leaving in like twenty minutes. As uh, she tries to think, like, like kind of going like, uh, like that's correct. Like I need to get the Black Star, but this could be a lead. Uh, okay, uh, maybe I, uh, maybe I. As she tries to think, and just, I think she's like, I'm sure I could probably catch the next one. I'm sure they wouldn't just abandon me here, right? She stares at you. Too much faith in the bus system. Something's definitely wrong with this one. <laughs> everything, there's nothing, nothing has been normal about her, but that's the weirdest thing she said. In and out quick, I'm sure. Uh, hey, if you're sure, this is my stop, so it's only on you. And you've already pulled your stuff off the bus, so at least you won't be losing anything. You know, she quickly kind of like... <laughs> She finishes up her meal and just slams through it like she's an anime protagonist and then she kind of gets up. Let's go head up to Agathor's arm. As uh, I'm getting up, I'm, do- I'm, do- I'm doing something strangely efficient. I've put the fries in the burger and I'm taking the milkshake with me because it wasn't a paper cup anyway. You stand up to leave. She turns and, and fucking <laughs> and throws a bunch of money down on the table uh, and is just like, Hey Jack, uh, here's your, here's the pay and here's the tip. I gotta go. I gotta run out. And someone's like, huh? Oh, oh bye Charlene. Uh, she goes running out with you. Welcome to the ad pages. This is a little interlude in our issue where we ask you to take a break with us as we show off some scenes happening elsewhere. Sometimes they're advertisements, sometimes they're just scenes from other stories in the big wide world of Last Light Comics. Let's see what the pages hold for us today. Something is eating the highway. Not just anything either. It's the intolerable Mega Chew. With their massive manufactured maw of malicious motives, they seek to manually manacle the multitudinous masses of this moderate metropolis to the malignant misery that is malcontent. Their massive mechanical jaws shatter through the road itself, stalling traffic and fracturing the highway's structural integrity. Megachu declares, Soon, this whole road is gonna collapse. Then no one can leave the city. And I won't stop until you give me more to chew on. But, approaching from below, we see that superstar magenta-suited duo from across the continent we all love so much. That's right. It's Josue and Jimena, the Sentinel siblings. Hold it right there, Megatu. That's public property you're messing with. Yeah. And here's your one chance to stand down. 
Never. Ha! Have it your way. Ready, Josue? Anytime. The siblings clap their hands together, their rings sending out the shock wave to enable their powers to activate. When they unleash their elemental powers, Jimena transforms into a whirlwind of flame, while Josue begins commanding the very rocks that surround them. Jimena flies high, while Josue lazily starts throwing broken chunks of the highway at their enemy. But Megachu is one step ahead. They take up another piece of the freeway and unleash a machine gun-like burst of concrete and asphalt. While Jimena is fully focused on following the formation she'd formulated with her brother, Josue is more focused on indulging his sweet tooth. And you know what they say about crime fighting and chewing gum at the same time. Josue is knocked aside, distracting his sister, and Jimena's flame is snuffed out when she hits the ground beside him. Megachu gloats. Nothing can defeat me! You won't stop me! Jimena looks at her brother and says, Josue, what happened to you going low and me going high? Josue answers, I did! Uh, maybe if you stopped putting all your attention on your candy and helped me fight this Megachu. I can't. I can't stop chewing everlasting Chaffy Taffy, registered trimmer. <gasps> Wait, that gives me an idea. Megachu menacingly approaches a motor vehicle, the shocked civilians too stunned to make any movements. Megachu declares, Now, let's see if a little metal is going to help my oral fixation. Hey, Megachu, how about you chew on this? Jimena throws a small, green-wrapped candy at Megachu, who snatches it out of the air with their teeth. Immediately, their motorized jaw starts chewing at it. No way. Is this... That's right, it's Everlasting Chaffy Taffy, registered trademark. The long-lasting low-sugar candy that never lets go. Wow. I can't even finish chewing it. It's so satisfying. It keeps stretching. And the taste. With Everlasting Chaffy Taffy, registered trademark. You'll never have to find something new to chew on ever again. That's right. And it comes in green apple, strawberry, banana, watermelon, and even the new oregano flavor. You get your pick of all these amazing tastes to last in your mouth practically forever. Megachu falls onto the highway, still chewing like a mad lad. They say, at this rate, I'll never have to chew anything again. You got me, Sentinel siblings. I surrender. Amazing. Another successful adventure. Now, I'm going to get Megachu off the road, and you can start getting this highway fixed up, Hosway. What? Hey, wait. That's not fair. <laughs> Don't worry, Hosway. You can have your everlasting Chaffy Taffy registered trademark to keep you company. It lasts so long that you'll still be chewing it by the time you finish up. And I think I'll get one for myself, too. <laughs> and now we turn the page and get back to our comic. And we see you and Charlene are making your way in towards this, like, 
you know, there's this sort of uh, big parking lot area that's sort of that's on this other side. There's this, you know, a small. It's like a travel center, like a tourist center kind of thing. Um, and behind it, you know, way on this path, almost in the, you know, made into like they've clearly carved out this area to sort of be a little bit of like a park for this thing. But the giant arm is stood out, just you know, way in the back of the park. And this little travel center is the just sitting there at the front of the parking lot right where you're supposed to go and Charlene is walking you towards it and is just like alright anybody who's in here should be the one that uh, uh, knows anything about this well uh, thanks for thanks for walking me over you don't think I'm I'm not coming with you right I'm 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 just as invested I'm just as invested in this mystery now as you are well if you're gonna be invested then keep up and I and she starts walking and Charlene starts uh, kind of jogging to keep up with you <laughs> As you go wandering in, a little ding, dingling, uh, at the front door, this sort of traveling, this sort of, like, travel center has this, like, you know, the front area, there's another area that seems to be, like, where people can stop to go, like, grab different kinds of food or whatever, and then another side that is, uh, a little bit of a gift shop for Gear Creek, um, but there's a front desk right at the, you know, right there, right ahead of you. And there's this, you know, just dude that sat there uh, wearing a kind of a park uniform, you know, uh, and just kind of like idly moving papers, you know. Seems like he's just kind of keeping busy rather than doing anything in specific. As uh, I, she approaches, uh, and uh, she approaches the desk, and like if there's a bell, she'll ring it, other or she'll make some indi- some kind of like I, I I require my presence to be known gesture. He, 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 the guy looks up at you as you as you're approaching, and is just like, "Oh, hello! How can I help you?" Uh, and she says, uh, hey, I'm here about the. Uh, I hear this was there's some kind of historian here." Kind of leans back and is like, "Well, we're all we all value ourselves as a little bit of historians, but uh, what are you looking for in particular? And I can try to get you somebody uh, that can help you." I'm just looking for anyone who might know about uh, obscure hero teams that would have passed through the area. Hmm. Oh, it's weird, uh, obscure hero teams, uh, and he kind of, he kind of stops and, like, leans over, starts flipping through this very small book that, like, you can't see the, the specific details of it, but you can, uh, you know, make out that, like, you can make out that it's, like, a bunch of names and, like, little, like, not phone numbers, but, you know, like, call numbers, uh, for, to, to, like, quickly get a hold of somebody here in, like, this little area, as he seems to be trying to find somebody that would work specifically for what you're after, and then he, like, he stops, and is just like, oh, uh, you probably want to talk to Professor Montclair about this one. Montclair... Well, yeah. How can I get a hold of them? Oh, well, that's no problem. I can, uh, I, can, I can give him a call for you. Uh, great. And he's like, yeah, just uh, give hold one second, way. Uh, let me just, uh, and he kind of wheels the chair backwards towards this little phone, picks it up, and dials in a number, and uh, you know, just seems to be sitting there waiting for a second. Charlene turns, looking at you, is like, well, well, that was easy. She's, and she's like, yeah, I know. Love when thing. I love when things are easy. Yeah, you might even be able to get back to your bus on time. I oh, don't say that. As uh, the man kind of moves back over and is like, All right, Professor Montclair will be able to see you, but only after he finishes with the uh, tour that he's currently given. Oh, uh, how long do you think that'll be? Oh, well, he, you know, he kind of turns, looks at a clock. 
Well, Claire's a pretty thorough dude, so it'll probably be another 25, half an hour, something like that. Ooh, okay. Place his hands together, like, almost as if I'm about to perform a jutsu kind of hand sign, like, smiling. Is there any way I can join a tour in progress? He kind of squints at you for a second. Well, I mean, I guess it's not exactly a, a, a like a thing that that is unheard of necessarily, but uh, it's not really a thing that we do often either. Uh, I'd have to call, I'd have to just uh, squint, make a quick call to see if I can let you do that. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Make it quick. Make it quick. Go. I say, checking my watch. Kind of goes back over and. Uh, quickly starts going through that process again. He kind of, like, dials up a number. This one, he doesn't look into the book. It seems like he just knows it offhand and quickly starts, you know, kind of digging through, looking for something. Starts idly talking. Charlene's like, hmm, okay, well, you were right. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I've learned the hard way. you got to be careful what you say sometimes. <laughs> yeah, after a moment, the guy rolls back over to you, kind of stands up, and he's just like, all right, I can, I can get you over to Professor Montclair and you can join uh, his tour mid-progress. Uh, $10 uh, for the tour. Uh, and he's reaching in, he's pulling out these little, like, visitor passes to let you know, that, to, you know, let it be known that you're, like, on the tour group. I'll, I have, like, I have, like, $50. I'll at least, I'll hand, o- I'll hand over the two freshest pair of $5 bills he's ever seen. Takes that. Thank you. Charlene also pays, and he's like, thank you. He's like, all right, follow me, you two misses, and we'll uh, get you to that tour as quick as we can. And you start making your way. Uh, he, like, leads you back out the front door and, like, sort of moves you around the building and starts walking you along the path. Uh, you know, the this big circular path that kind of runs through town. There's this kind of, like, decently sized uh, river. It's big enough that it can sort of be the little border to this place, as you realize for a moment, it's like, oh, that's the creek that they've been talking that they keep talking about. Yeah, yeah. As he's leading you closer and closer towards this, you know, just giant uh, arm. That now that you're getting closer and led into the park, you can kind of see, you know, what you see of this arm is basically just like the elbow to the fingertips that are like stuck in the air with the hand kind of curled into not quite a fist, almost like it's holding something that's no longer there. But now that you're approaching, you can also see like the the rest of the bicep and the muscle that seems to go up the shoulder and you can like see it as it as it's almost forming this like little artificial hill into the park itself as you realize that like, oh shit, like the parking lot and the like little uh tourist greeting area is act like built over where this thing's shoulder would be almost takes note of that like we just see like it just a pull like a pulled out panel like pulled out panel like shot behind her shoulders just she's just looking as they're walking as you're moving along i just kind of want to ask like as you're getting closer and closer and this thing gets bigger and bigger uh into your view like it's it's it was already toweringly large but now it really is like looking up at a skyscraper what's kind of running through your head in general not just about this but everything here i don't think i've ever i haven't i it's not like i haven't been around skyscrapers before like i have been to I think various cities just on business trips on occasion, but like it's more the sheer scale that's like 
Because I hear about, like, giant robots. I've heard, I've been studying the wielders for a while, at least a while. It's just, no book can really prepare you for the raw awe of the scale of everything around you. I think I'm almost kind of, like, really taking it in because I'm like, oh, I've got to get used to this. If I'm going to find the wielders, they're going to probably still have their mechs. And as you're moving along, the in the guy who was at the front desk kind of gestures forward and is just like, "Ah, oh, there's there's Professor Montclair and his uh and his tour group now. We can get you guys to, we can get you guys there in a in a brisk minute." Perfect, perfect. I check my, I'm checking my watch again as I'm like, "All right, gotta make this quick." You start moving fast. He kind of starts jogging at a at a light pace. Uh, Charlene is also just trying to keep up. She's still got all of her bags. As you're running along i think you're directly behind this dude and this is kind of a tall you know kind of a, a burly white dude uh and he just kind of like suddenly comes to an abrupt halt he's just like whoa yeah then i crash into him I go, oh hey because i wasn't pay- i think she wasn't paying attention so he's looking at her watch there she's moving he, and he kind of tumbles forward a little bit he's like whoa you hear the sound of like you know, folks screaming suddenly, and people start running off in every direction, just like, whoa, no, 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 stop, uh, just going everywhere. And then you just hear the, ha, 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 run, run away, go ahead. And uh, I think it's that jarring, yet semi-familiar voice that's like, where my, where my, where my, like, I think my look kind of goes from, like, like eyebrows up to, like, ste- almost steely. She's fuck. God damn it. And the the dude's kind of like, you know, he's turning to try to, like, g- grab you and Charlene as everyone's kind of moving. Oh, looks like we're... It's, uh, sorry, sorry, Mrs. It looks like we are having an incident of some kind, so I need, I'm going to have to get you guys back to his, into his somewhere safe. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure thing, sure thing. As, uh, uh what's going to happen is that I'm going to go... She's going to go with it, but very expertly trip at just the right time... To try and trip at just the right time, so that way they're already heading towards a crowd and, and then went and before they could turn around she's already turned on her heel and started running towards the danger as yeah you you do that no questions asked you pull that off as you're moving along and you're getting into sort of this little like crowd of people that are being assembled so they can try to move out quickly you trip and you know charlene kind of turns like alicia and they both turn only to see you both um running and we kind of linger on them for a second and he's just like what the Where's she going? Someone's got, and then he turns, and Charlene is already like running to try to catch up with you. Not as fast as you, of course, but she's coming after you. We cut to you instead as you go running over towards uh, the like scattered group of people that are like up against the little fence near the near the creek, having decided that it's better for them to try not to run past this thing uh, as you're approaching, and you see ahead of you this. It's like a gecko. He's wearing, like, metal, uh, like, almost armor that looks that looks like he's got wheels on his shoulders. But they're not, like, you know, car wheels or anything like that. They're, like, Razor scooter wheels. And along both of his arms, like, attached to the forearms, you see these, like, large screwdrivers. He's standing, like, out, like, next to the, uh, little area the little platform that they've got uh that has the you know arm of agathor uh you know around it as he's wandering over to the arm of agathor and uh, sticks one of these screw one of these screwdrivers into seemingly like a little socket at the base and starts turning it yeah as um i think it does it doesn't take a genius to figure out like why that's a bad thing as if nothing else i think there's like a shot of like where the arms angled and where it could fall and where where there's people as um 
I think I just sort of take my position on like a high up high up enough hill that like the sun, the sun can be at my back a little bit, obscure me obscure me a little bit. Nods. I thought the joke required you to be screwing something in, not taking something out. And he suddenly turns on his heel towards you, pulling the screwdriver out of the little socket that it was in with a slight, like, almost hissing noise as he turns. And he's, and he's just like, what? Who's there? As my back is to the sun, I'm the one you're looking for. Ah, well, I knew that I would find you if I just, if I made my way out here. I sensed it in my tail. And he pro- and he takes a step forward, his tail kind of flicks out. Come on down then, hand over, hand over the belt and surrender, and I won't have to let this arm hang loose and go wherever it happens to go. Come on, let's get this over with. As I think she responds by just, like, reaching, like, the panel's just her still talking, but reaching into bag, like, obviously you don't learn. Reaches into bag. Grabs the grabs belt, holds it up in air so it glints off of the sun. You should have talked to the last three I sent back. Puts it around belt, does like a spinning motion so the belt loop can can click into the buckle. You gotta take it from me if you want it. And uh, unless and I think she just presses a button on it as she beget as it lights up. Driver online. As she just as she just takes a pose as uh, it's going through like a charge up sequence as she go, as she shouts and ready. Shit. Change protocol engaged. In a flash of light, uh, black uh, first the black bodysuit kind of appears around her as um, almost this like these like sequences of light shimmer on her arms and legs to form the gauntlets, the boots, the chest piece, um, and then the and then the helmet with the uh, with a with a red with a glint of red forming the visor. A beam of yellow light shoots up from the forehead and and separate parts down the middle, forming a V crest on the helmet. As um, the final thing that flares out is a pair is a split is a split white cape that flows a bit in the wind. Uh, glamour shots ensue. Of course, as the the indivi- as this this rubber suit that's down here, this diabolical machine, you know, flares flares out its, its arms, uh, and it's just like, ah, so it's a fight that you want, then fine, it'll it'll be a fight that you get, as Gex won't go down that easily. And he reaches up, and he starts spinning the two like razor scooter wheels that are on his shoulders really fast and they start glowing and he holds out the two uh, screwdriver arms and he goes to fire these beams out at you what do you do i think what i do is i like do these like pair of like three quick jumps to like different points to just to just like a bit to evade out the initial burst and then just get in close to like not go like for the finishing move right but just like a dive kick to send us both to send us both tumbling away from the arm. Roll to directly engage a threat. Boop. Oof. <laughs> oh, that's a six. Sure is. Damn, you have two teams still uh, from Australia. I'm gonna hold it for now. All right. Tell me what it looks like as it starts to go right. I think what it starts to look like is I at least evo- I think I at least like you know I just, I notice the beam like. He, I, I jump out of the way and onto like a, like a different hill or something, and then like fires another beam. I jump off the hill again to a different hill, and then I think, and I think it's that third hit. And I think by that point, I've, I, she, I at least think I've figured out the timing for how, like how much he needs, how long he needs to charge, or how he can shoot. And then I, that's when I, when I think I got him in a mid charge, I try to like just go for like this flying kick to just send it, send him tumbling. 
as you go sailing in for this, you know, big diving kick, and at the exact same moment that you go diving in, it's like he reaches up onto his chest and, like, pulls at that, like, metal slab of armor that he seems to have, and then, like, the big shoulder uh, wheels, like, come off with the armor, and you see it form into a normal-ass Razor Scooter, and he, like takes a and he just like jumps onto it in a single fluid motion and then like kicks his foot off of the ground and just speeds directly past where you uh would be kicking as you're about to land and before you can do anything else he just suddenly like turns uh towards you and just like like lifts the razor scooter up by its by its front by its handlebars and just swings the uh lower the lower uh base of it around and just smashes you in the back of the head. Mark your condition for now. I'll take angry. As, uh, you know, above, as he kind of taunts above you and flares his hands out again and is just like, You cannot defeat Gex, so go ahead. Surrender now before anything else has to happen bad to you or anybody else here. We wouldn't want anything unfortunate to happen to you or your tech, would we? I think uh, I think as she's pulling it up and she says, you, you sure do like to talk about how unbeatable you are. Well, write what you know, you know. And she unsheaths her sword as she, as she says, and I'm just getting started. And she goes and she goes at him, goes at Gex with like just trying to like make these like swinging it like because like he obviously has a movement ability. I'm basically just trying to like use my the, the reach I have with the blade to just try and catch him out. Not as I will say, uh, roll to directly engage a threat as he comes swinging at you, uh, not with a sword, but swinging this razor scooter like it was a sword oof oh ooh, that's a that's another four man maybe gex is, is is your hard counter listen you know i rolled really listen it's always the second episode where we start losing you know the first episode we can usually handle but the second episode we you know we got to build tension okay tell me what it looks like uh your your attack as you come swinging in i think just like i think i do like a as i'm rushing in like do this flourish uh in the fiction could be justified as like you know Oh, she's trying to throw them off with her technique. It just looks cool, really. Um, doing these, like, flourishes to try and throw them off before, like, if I can do it, just hit him in such a way that sword is knocked a bit out of way, not out of hand, but out of way, so I can just get a good strike against midsection. And I think it's like, there's this there's this moment uh, where you swing the sword uh, to try to get anything in on him, and he kind of swings the razor scooter, so the uh, base of it comes and, like, kind of wraps around the blade and blocks it at the same time before he, like... Sw like swings it again so that it would do another like full rotation and it like just disarms you sends the sword kind of like flying out of your hand and it goes skittering uh, uh like against the foundation of this little the the, the foundation of little monument that is around agathor's arm and before you can do anything else he just like kind of turns uh toward like back towards you and, and again punches you forward with that big screw with that big screwdriver arm and go and just like goes sending you backwards, you know, flying across the sky uh, so that you can roll across the ground somewhere else. Take a powerful blow. Oh, dear. Big sparks flying everywhere. Now, by the numbers, I should get a 10+. plus. That's a 10! Hmm. What are you picking off that uh, powerful blow list? I'll, get, I'll give ground and struggle past the pain, I think is my option. What does it look like as you struggle past the pain? I think I just get hit and I hit, like, some structure and I just roll along the ground. I think my armor is sparking, but and like I'm getting like these these like messages of like I don't know like not like critical meltdown, but hey, you just got fucked kind of like messages like warning, warning. As I'm just like as I'm just 
doing the equivalent of like pressing X, 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 X and ignoring them. No, it's, and there's like these little chromatic sparks uh, coming off of your armor as you're standing back up, you know, letting you know that the armor is in fact not going to be lasting much longer if you take another hit like that. Yeah. Uh, I think the conditions are hopeless, and I think they are... I think they are guilty because there's people in danger, and it's directly because of me. And as for uh, the opposition getting an opportunity, as you get launched away, Gex starts walking forward. So you still want to play rough, I see. Fine. (laughs) All right, then. Then he holds out a little ball and throws into the air and there's sort of this flash of light as it kind of shatters into what looks like these, you know, like little uh, falling bits of snow before they, you know, fall to the ground fast all at once. You know what it looks like when putties get summoned. And the snowflakes are all there. Snowflakes, why don't you keep her busy while I make sure that she understands what she's bringing on herself if she, if she keeps fighting. As the snowflakes kind of start moving around to... You know, kind of surround you and and keep you occupied as he uh, goes and starts climbing his way back up towards the foundation of uh, the Agathor's Arm monument uh, to resume the process of, you know, just unscrewing the base and letting it fall wherever it will as he just sinks the screwdriver in with the sound and starts... starts making his way and on the other end you spot it you spot another problem um as you see having picked up what looks like a large stick uh charlene is uh, running in as uh i think before i think before i notice i think just like i think she's like what are you doing you're gonna get a lot of people hurt as i'm trying to like I'm in a losing position against these snowflakes, which isn't something I'm very used to. And Gex replies, uh, responds back and is like, You're carrying right now one of the most important pieces of technology on the entire Earth, and I have been instructed very simple. Make sure that I get it back and bring you back by any means necessary. Best way to make sure that thing comes back in one piece is your surrender. And I think... I think, uh, and I think just, you know, is blocking a punch from a snowflake, and she's like, and you didn't, and you didn't danger all these people just to get that? Gex would do many things. As, a uh, squints. Is this where I spend team to have someone come help? Because, man, a lot of things are going wrong at once, considering my options. But, yeah, for now, I'm going to try and deal with these snowflakes before, hopefully, is the, this is the hope. Hopefully, poor Charlene gets herself in danger. So, what are you doing? I'm just pushing past the pain, and I'm just taking on this group of snowflakes, just trying to eliminate them as quickly as possible. Roll to directly engage the snowflakes. Hap. That's a 14. We could have been great. We could have been great. Um, I will resist or avoid blows and give my allies an opportunity. Just because I have an ally here, may as well see what, what happens. Nods. Alright, tell me what it looks like as you start cutting down the snowflakes as they uh, come rushing with their little swords and shit. And I think I was in a losing position up until this point, but then I think I just get like, I think one of them actually gets a good hit on, gets a good hit on me, but that's enough to like pull my focus back in as I notice Charlene, as I actually, no, I know what it is. I think Charlene hits one of them with a stick and they just turn around and then that's the, that's the opening I need to just be like, to just start running through and just to be able to actually like, I think pick up my sword and like. Just begin to just cleave through them like one by one by one. 
nods bigly as you know there's the 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 of all the snowflakes as they go down and you know explode in their little contained explosion as charlene is standing there having swung the the stick once and it's just you know they're kind of frozen a little bit just like oh, what is happening what did i just do why am i here how did i get here before turning and seeing you know th- th- and seeing gex as uh, he is continuing the process of the unscrewing he's moving down onto the next screw now and you can hear the kind of creaking the of the of agathor's arm as it's about to fall and taking that opportunity that you have that you uh have presented which partially uh for the sake of it i think is going to be man- partially manifested as an extra team into the pool but also uh, is charlene turns and sees that and mutters silently just the words I spent two years throwing a javelin, so this better actually work for once. This better be useful to me. Yeah! And she throws the stick, and it slams uh, into Gex's arm. It And it kind of, like, breaks off and separates from his left arm the, like, screwdriver attachment. And he's just like, hey, what's the big idea? And he turns, looking towards you and Charlene. I think, uh, I think I'm just immediately going to press... I think I'm going to spend that team that Charlene just gave me to press that advantage. The big idea is to get your attention. As I press a button on my belt, as I divert power to legs, redirecting energy. As I go for this jumping, sh- as I go for a, not necessarily, uh, uh, yeah, I guess it is in this case, but to jump high enough to cross the distance and then just kick him off the kick Gex off of the arm. And the entire time, as you're leaping up, directly engage a threat. By the way, and the entire time that you're leaping up, you know you're just receiving this repeated message uh, into your into your system that's. It, that's just warning you. It's like critical energy usage. Uh, Dehension uh, de- uh, de- in process. Dehension in process. As uh, I think she's like, just hold on. Forming into dive kick for- pose. Just hold on. That's a 10, what you just rolled there. I'm going to. Uh, I like to impress surprise. If I pick impress surprise for Frighten, that's just enough to kick him off of this thing, right? Nods. Yeah, probably. Per- yeah, perfect. I will also say resist or avoid blows of I hold on just long enough to be able to land, at least. And if I have more, that's just a miracle. Nods. I'm going to give you the, the upside of saying you resisting or avoiding blows means that you're able to land after you after you hit him. And he goes flying off in the, you know, the, the big dramatic shot of him, you know, flying away and then rolling on the ground. As you land, and quite frankly, poss- partially because maybe you're just standing in the sun... Uh, partially because you're com- you're standing in the sun and not moving or doing anything else. It seems like the belt is just like, you know, it's holding on to just enough power to keep you morphed for at least a moment, to keep you in the, in the arm. As Gex is standing back up, you know, his arm is kind of, uh, but his arm is busted. There's kind of sparks coming off of him from your big hit, and he stares forward at you, and it's just like, ah, so... <laughs> The rumors are true. You do got a lot of fight and a lot of kicking you. All right. And I've got plenty more where that came. And I've got plenty more where that came from. As a, stand, you know, standing strong, just letting the the suit recharge. I just gotta keep talking. You should re- ret- retreat now, or I send you, or I res- or I send you back. Starts uh, stepping towards you and starts reaches up. You know the armor with the razor scooters and stuff is kind of back on, and he starts spinning the uh, wheel of his. You know the the shoulder that still has uh, the the shoulder of the arm, which is his right arm that still has the screwdriver, starts spinning it and it starts glowing again as he starts charging an attack. 
Sorry, kiddo. As much as I think that you'd love for me to just go running back home with my tail between my legs, I'm sad to tell you that there that we don't take failures right now. Keep spinning it, keep spinning it faster and faster. Professor Wise making it very clear. We gotta bring you and that belt back. No questions asked. I th- and I think just mentally, I think she's like, of course she'd be in on it. Why did I think she wouldn't? I fist clench. Because, like, man, I knew I knew what was gonna happen. I just hoped it wouldn't be, you know? As, uh, fucking... As I'm looking at my... Uh, squints, I look at my conditions. Oh, no. I think, um... I think just after briefly assessing, like... You know, like, what are my energy levels at? Do I have enough for a finisher? No. Do I have enough for a finisher? If I do, it's a miracle. If not, oof. I think I'm good. I think what she's going to do is go for a gamble. Is she sees this big attack coming? I think what she's going to do is try to meet meet him dead on and see. Well, all right, he's trying to get this belt back, right? And I'm gonna see if I if I can if I can use if I can use that leverage that to force an opening that he wouldn't give normally because he's not trying to break the merchandise. Ooh, all right, all right, yeah. Uh, roll me a provoke, and you're spending that team from the sound of it from before. So he roll that with advantage. Claps hands. That that's an eight. That's an eight. Glad I did it. I'm gonna I'm going to say now for the sake of ease that uh, it's definitely they stumble and you take plus one forward against them. But you tell but you describe the scene to me. You tell me how it looks when as it's happening on panel. I think what I figure out at this exact moment is Gex's plan was to scare me into giving handing over the belt. And, uh, you know, he's preparing this big attack where if he was going to pull it off for real, he makes the wheel spin, spin, gather energy, and then he just makes this really big cleaving blade. But I just have this feeling that he's... Because, you know, he's spending a lot of time trying to sell, oh, man, this attack is so powerful. And I'm running in, I'm running in, like, getting in close to... Yeah, basically the equivalent of me throwing myself onto his sword. And instead of engaging it, he's, like, kind of... Either he thinks either I'm correct or he's just flabbergasted about how stupid I am. Or both. As I'm just, or both. As um, I as he do, I don't give him enough time to think about the answer. As I put all remaining energy into sword and just go to go for a bit for a big dramatic slice scene. Roll to directly engage with that plus one forward from the provoke. As he's like, "What are you doing? Stop! Wait!" Stand by for finishing move. Rider slash. Yep. That's a 12. I will pick... I'm going to pick it just because I don't have the conditions to spare. Um, I'm going to pick Resistor Avoid Blows and Press Surprise or Fright in Opposition. Nuts. I want you to describe the art in the panel as you deliver this finishing blow. I think what it is is I'm like... Because I'm diverting all power to sword, I can't jump. At the same time, I've got to just run breakneck as I just almost as if like I'm swinging. I'm like, on, I'm, I'm just, I think I just run through and I think there's just big wind up panel. And then there's the delivery panel of me sword straight out as just like a big dramatic streak of white, like cuts through the panel. Like I say streak, but more like it has this aberration, like electricity, like that flows off of the edge of my sword and through and through Gex. And I stop after it, after I've like on the other side as I'm just recovering from, like, the, like, follow-through of the attack. And Gex lets out this loud, Ah! No! 
and like falls over after the after the strike and explodes dramatically. It looks like I'm posing, but again, it's because I'm catching my balance after the explosion because I'm standing too close to it. Not as uh, I'm just I lean a bit forward, like and, and that cause and you know sh- blade goes on shoulder and your armor starts like sending that message back again. It's just like dehension process, dehension process. Dehension and process. And you know, it's better, and you know, it's kind of one of those, it's better to just turn your phone off before, instead of letting it go dead. So I just press the button to just have it do it. So that way it has, like, you know, a little bit of energy in there. Not as at the same time that you demorph, and I'm just going to be frank with you, you d- definitely, you have to take a knee. Like, you are, you are not feeling it. That armor is was really helping you stand up. Yeah, I think just, I think it's one of those, like, I demorph, and then suddenly, like, why does my body feel like it's 300 pounds? Hell, and then I go down. As at the same time, uh, you hear, you know, footsteps running towards you, and, you know, you hear Charlene's voice, as you're just like, oh, oh my god, oh my god, are you okay? Are you... Alicia? Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, sorry, I got separated from the group and I was hiding in some Don't bushes. Don't fucking bullshit me, you stupid bitch. What are you talking about? Leans down, <laughs> is grabbing you by your shoulder to help you up. Are you okay? Uh, I'm... I'm fine. I try to pull pull away, but just, I go back to stumbling over and I have to be helped back up again. She, you know, holds on to you and is helping you back up and is just like... Don't, I, I have eyes, alright? Let's not pretend for a second. Like, let's not pretend that I don't have eyes and understand that I have eyes, right? I saw that. I saw you, you you're the only person standing here, and before that was the armor chick. So you have to be, so you're, that was you. Yeah, and also, also, I'll just tell you now, I'm still wearing the belt. It doesn't do go away after I de-transform. Of course, but I mean, that doesn't mean anything for her. It's like, fucking, sure. she's she's not even mentioning that yet because she has to cycle through all the other obvious evidence that you try to dispute. Fair, fair. I think uh, Harvey just sort of, like, grunts a bit and, like, tries to, sta- tries to like, stand a little bit, not to, like, just, like, uh, so I hate putting my weight on another person, but, you know, just, like, it's taken care of. Turns back, looking towards the little, like the the tiny little crater where the explosion was, and all the little bits of of gex, all the metal of gex. Just like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it is. I guess she stops mid like speaking to you and says, "Is that supposed to glow red after it explodes like that, like pulsing red?" And she turns around like doesn't normally happen. Turn and she looks for herself. And, you, yeah, you turn and you look and you see all the scattered, like, metal bits of, of the diabolical machine known as Gex is pulsing with this, like, red light. The best way I can describe it is very much like if, you, if you've if you seen, you know, like, a red alarm in, like, a sci-fi film or, you know, the the alarm that's going off in, or, like, the light that's pulsing to inside of, like, a firehouse or something like that. That's what it looks like. It just, like, can, like, continuously glowing only, like, its upper half, really, of all the little pieces and there and there's this very distinct but very uh, like quiet humming noise just like wom 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 that's going along with all of them yeah i think she stares for like just a moment but like i think she just kind of like hits the top you know how like a fucking in, you know how in this fucking show like personal press the same button on their morpher but it does 70 different things no, it's- she does that and she's like 
belt. You don't know anything about this, do you? After, like, an amount of, of like, a little kind of beeping and, and whatever, the belt speaks back to you after a moment. I've detected an, ex- an extensive amount of, tra- of, of Transforce energy emerging from these individual pieces. It would appear as though Gex is currently going through charge phase. Well, uh... Is there a way we can make that not happen? Collections of beepings after that. Stopping a charge phase in the middle of its process is is possible. However, most known ways of stopping it usually also result in a in a several uh, in a several megatons of TNT explosion. And Charlene says, oh. "That's not good." That's not, we shouldn't that's, do that. Yeah, uh, that's not good. What happens if it finishes charging? At the end of a charge phase, the transforce energy is then is transferred and transformed into charge force trans energy, which means that the creature that is a, that is using its charge force will become large. Silence is in character. Well, find a way to stop it. Find a way to stop it. <laughs> Scanning now. Not enough energy to finish scanning. Don't you? I, I take out. She takes off the belt and holds it up to the to the air. She's kind of semi squatting. Well, get some energy. <laughs> or better yet, points it at the charge. Can't you use that? Some beeping noises again before. No, I am in, I am incapable of 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 using charge force energy directly like this. This change device can only interface with charge force energy by way of a pal. A pal. Turns it around as if like, making I, as if making eye contact changes anything. Charlene is like, what is happening? Charlene is Charlene is staring at you like, what is going on? I'm, I've I, I've been lost pretty much since since this started, and I'm only get I'm only further down this rabbit hole. A pal, a core palisade, or a pal, P A L S in some alternatives, protector against large. And then it stops right there. It does not finish what the S is. As are as those that were that were used by the wielders of light, so that they could do battle with with charge force infused enemies. I think she just goes quiet, and she's like, oh, "Shit, okay. Do you have a pal?" This unit was not linked with a pal. How come this? I I start hitting it like, how come how come you work built with how come you work like built with anything useful? <laughs> And at the exact same time that you start beating up, Charlene kind of steps back, you know, kind of grabbing you by the shoulders to pull you back, and is like, um, Alicia? And huh? suddenly there's this sort of, like, burst, just bang, 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 of uh, repeated, like, white explosions and the energy and light that come down here that, like, send you and Charlene uh, just flying backwards. Is there a way I could, like, grab her and try to, try to, like, break her fall? Yeah, you definitely can. Uh, I don't think that it's a role or anything to do that. I think you can just do that. You grab Charlene and you hold on to her and break her fall as the two of you go rolling. And, you know, she still ends up rolling a little bit, but definitely doesn't land as bad as you do. Uh, the belt kind of, sk- like, goes skidding off in a way just because you can't hold on to both things. And we get, you know, this, like, low-angled shot, you know, from, like, looking up at this thing from the from the bottom as Gex now stands high and uh, far above you. The top of Gex's head matches up to the height of this... Of the massive arm of Agathor. He flails at his arms again. It's like, look who's back and better than ever. <laughs> As he turns and he goes to like grab the arm and is like, I'm gonna need something bigger to go and 
fit with my new look and he goes and starts trying to pull this thing out of the ground you know and it's kind of and it's real stuck but he starts doing it kind of wobbling it and charlene turns is like looking she was like is there is there anything we can do uh yeah there is one thing i pick i pick up belt and i grab charlene by the arm and half pull her up half run we leave she stares at you she's like she's like what we are going now I, I, and we're changing our names she turns, looking back towards the the thing, and looking back towards you as you're pulling her, and she's like, "We can't just leave. That's this is the, the people are in, are still in trouble." As a, I think she st- and then she stops and she looks around like, and I think, uh, shit, I wish I didn't have all three of the. I wish I didn't have guilty mark back. Um, yeah, you can, yeah, you like, can clear them. You can go run. That's, I'm gonna stop it. Yeah, no. Oh yeah, no. I'm just saying I don't have. Let's see. Sa- guilty is make a great sacrifice, right? Make okay, a sacrifice cool. to absolve your guilt. Yeah. And she looks, and she looks back at Charlene. There's nothing you can do, but there's something I can do. She's staring at you, curious to see where you're going, hoping that you really do have an idea. As, uh, yeah. As, uh, I walk, as I begin to walk over, and I, uh, shout as loud as I can. I surrender! Gex stops and turns, looking down towards you. Fine. I surrender. Just leave the town alone. (laughs) Ha! Aha, the unstoppable Gex wins the first one. Goes putting his his uh, hand down for you to like step into. And uh, yeah, turn. I'm I just give up. I don't. I'm she. Har- Harmony at this moment has nothing besides I just can't let anybody in this town get hurt because of me. Nods. And as you go onto the hand and it kind of squeezes around you to make sure that you don't that you're not moving. You're being held kind of like fucking the woman from King Kong. Charlene just like Alicia as Gex starts lifting you up and is just like I knew old Gexy would get you eventually. Holds you up, looking you in the eyes. Can you do it more quietly? Ha! Gex does nothing quietly. You better start working on that apology speech. The boss is gonna wanna is gonna wanna hear something real good from you once we get you back. I think she's just glaring daggers, side eyes like, I think like, side eyes Charlene, and just, I think she just remains silent. Well, now that we've got you, we can just and then you hear a a voice, distant, far away, that just says, "Now you hold on right there." And you hear a very distinct... It's like if the sound of electricity just, like, moving uh, in like in, in a closed current, almost. Just you can hear the, the zzzz, and it's like it's getting closer and closer. And Gex turns, uh, you know, moving you as he turns at the same time so that you can see it, just because that's how his body is angled. And it's just like, what? And you see, rushing towards you, this admittedly it looks very small like it doesn't look like it can be it could be any bigger than you like lit like it like being it's humanoid ish seems to be wearing almost like sunglasses has this like it looks like it's fire that's just like bursting off of this individual in these like orange torrents but whenever it gets to the edges of these of these flames it seems to like crisp off into this orange electricity and is like flying towards you with this uh, with this electric trail that seems to make almost like a, a shooting star and gets like what are you but can't finish the line before this individual just it slams headlong into uh Gex's face and Gex goes tumbling backwards and just drops you when you go falling before this individual zips past and just catches you out of the air and it's like moving you back towards the ground quickly and kind of looks at you and is like don't worry civilian 
You're you're safe now. And uh, she says, uh, just t- stum- stumbling a little bit because that was a lot. I'm, I w- I wasn't. Who are you? Ah, <laughs> oh, so you haven't heard of me. Oh, well, that's fine. Kind of like it, like hits the ground finally. Uh, it, like it, like almost skids to a stop the same way that flash might skid to a stop, and it, it's very uncomfortable for you. I'm not gonna lie. It feels it feels like a the best way I can describe it is like a roller coaster abruptly stopping. <laughs> it makes an awful noise. Charlene comes running over, and uh, yeah, this lad goes to set you down. He's just like, <laughs> don't worry, cutie. The name's Starkid. But you don't gotta take my word that you're about to be safe because I gotta get back up there and make sure that the big man's ready. And it just flies up, just zooms away. You don't get to say another word. You look and you can see that he seems to have left He seems to have left behind a phone number. He thinks you're cute. And rushes off, skip, flies away as far and fast as possible before like coming back up, floating into the middle of the sky and you're just, and uh, is like there looking forward at Gex. And this lad's, he's no taller than you. So he's just like, you know, really small floating in the air as Gex is like recovering and is like, who do you think you are? And then another voice echoes out, bigger, louder. You don't, you shouldn't be worried about him. You should worry yourself with me. <laughs> And stepping out suddenly, like growing, uh, seemingly like mid-step, uh, emerging from the woods across the creek, is this massive individual, glowing neon pink skin, this black star over his face, these black trunks that just cut into the light of that pink neon, this symbol, the straight lines that are that are also this black uh, imagery going down from the star across his across his chest, swooping to the right to make it look like a shooting star is flying up into his face. As you see, Starman, and he goes and just rushes forward and with a, and punches Gex into the face in the face, and Gex goes stumbling backwards further before Star Kid rushes like zooms forward and seems to like push against Gex to keep him from moving any closer to town before Starman reaches forward again, like grabs Gex by the arm and like pulls him in uh, closer, almost like he's perform- it's doing some kind of tango, and then just like slams Gex straight in the face with another, with another big hit as Gex goes stumbling back into the woods now and starts to get back up and is just like, who do you, and who exactly are you, he says to him. And the man's just like, I am the inconceivable star man. And you, he holds out his hands, forming his fingers into the rough shape of a triangle, are finished. And he, like, pushes his hands forward uh, and unleashes this beam headlong into Gex that just blasts him. And Gex is just like, nah, and just explodes yet again into pieces, into bits, and just fades away into energy as people start cheering and clapping from where they're at as... Star Kid seems to go like zooming back over towards Starman, and they're already across the creek from you now. They're already chatting with each other. Starman turns, waves towards the the town, and is just like, "Don't worry, everyone, you're safe. Have a good day." And like seems to gently tap uh, Star Kid, like you know, single finger on just like onto Star Kid, who seems almost like he's high fiving. And then you just watch Starman. He shrinks, and now he's just somewhere in the middle of that woods right now, and you have no idea where. I think there's, like, a moment where I try to run after, like, wait, no, and then I think I fall over. 
And Charlene comes rushing over to you and just like grabs you again. It's just and it's just like, hey, come on, you don't want to overexert yourself. You're gonna get hurt. I need to talk to them. It's not that important. Come on, you, you're already going towards Black Star anyway. You can just catch them when you get there. It's just it's. <laughs> it starts trying to pull you up. It's just a history assignment. You're fine. And uh, she just is looking out. I I don't think I think she uh. I think she just looks at her watch and like, I've got to go. As I, you know, move to separate myself from Charlie's grip and start to walk towards the bus station. She turns, you know, watch, is watching you walk away and is like, um, hey, hey, wait, and like comes rushing over to catch up with you. Hey, listen, I know that you have to get back to your bus and I'm going to rush you there as quick as we can. Um, do you have like a phone number or something? Because I can talk to Professor Montclair here at some point and just try to get you some, whatever information we were going to try to get anyway. I, I can meet you in Last Light. You're already on your way there. I have to go back there for, for classes anyway at, at when spring break's over. So I can meet you there, even. Looks at conditions. Decides if I should make a choice. No. You shouldn't. Just forget you saw me. What? Begins to just start wa walking. She starts moving to try to keep up with you for another like moment and just like <laughs> Alicia come on <laughs> she and she she keeps like stumbling she doesn't ha seem to have words she's just like trying to do like she doesn't know what she does not know what's going on she does not know what's happened she's trying yeah. to find something and I think Harmony turns back and says no you shouldn't those things those being close to me is a mistake any kind of it. I already put you in enough danger. I want to help. There's just a silent moment as uh, Harmony look turns away so Charlie doesn't have to see how upset she looks about it and she just says I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Go help someone that counts. Alicia. Just keeps walking away. And she just, you know, you walk away, but she just stays standing there, not really wanting to try to, you know, fuck with you anymore than it seems like you already are. She doesn't want to make you more upset than it seems like you are, but she still, like, just calls out as you're getting further away. She's like, Alicia! And goes quiet as you wander out and away. And I think just, I just walk straight to the, I think I actually, um, I look at that card and uh I know there's these uh there's payphones at the bus station and uh I have I don't know if I if I've missed my bus if I have to wait for the next one I and if I have to make the You got won't. two minutes. Alright then I'm just gonna get on the bus. I don't have enough time to make a phone call then. Nods fair. Yeah, and I don't think she has a phone. Hell yeah. You get back onto the bus and as everyone starts piling back on where's your head at? Just as everyone's slowly piling in. I made a mistake today. I, um... I let... I strung that girl along, and I shouldn't have. I heard that she knew... That she sounded like she knew something, and I indulged in that for longer than I should have. I'm... I've just... I've just been given a very strong reminder that I need to continue to do... I need to get to Black Star and then spend as, l as little time as I can there as well. I'm... I... I just have tr I just bring trouble with me and I can't 
pretend that's not true anymore. As the bus driver loudly, uh, you know, gets on the PA again and says, All right, everybody, we're getting on, our, we're getting moving and getting going again. <clears throat> the next stop along the way will be Black Star, New York. So, bit of a drive and you know, puts the PA back, the, like, ear-splitting noise again and the clattering sound, and the bus starts making its way forward as we linger on the shot of you looking out the window towards the reflection in the window of Agathor's arm looming high over this town as we fade and cut to a scene somewhere else. Absolute Zero comes wandering in bursts her way into the lab and looks towards Professor Y. You know, approaches uh, her. She's got her mask on. She's got the hood up. She is playing her role. And it's just like, Professor Y. Mm. <coughs> Absolute zero. Miss zero. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it almost calls her serenade and stops herself. Mm. Uh, how can I help you? I understand that you're little creature today almost had a hold of, of the glory driver and my daughter mm. yes 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 it was almost a success at the cost of threatening a town in the lives of individuals oh, yes yes I didn't ask him to perform such a thing but it seems as though he's missing he misinterpreted my uh uh, orders, uh, the ones that you gave me about making sure we get it back any, by any means. And Absolute Zero kind of leans close, threateningly. Professor Y kind of pulls backwards. And, and Absolute Zero is like, I cannot let our work be destroyed because you've decided that innocent civilians need to be hurt make your orders more clear you can put the file on that one in, in whatever incinerator you prefer I don't want to see that one again if it's going to just continue to misinterpret your orders Professor Y nods like oh, yes ma'am absolutely on that AZ turns around and just starts wandering out the sound of her heels clicking against the floor as Professor Y leans forward just takes a deep breath and wanders over towards her table and picks up the file on Gex and is just like, mm. unfortunate. I guess she, I guess the by any means necessary is not quite true. But I can, but I'll find a use for you yet. So I'll hold on to you. She tucks it into her lab coat and wanders back over to start making another one. That's our issue. Thank you for listening to Last Light City Comics. This episode was played using a slightly modified version of Masks A New Generation, published by Magpie Games. This episode is GM'd by Justin, aka Hyper, who can be found on Twitter at Radio Air Hyper. 
Harmony Winters, aka Ryder, is played by Danny Hart, who can be found on Twitter at BattyDanny. That's B-A-T-T-I-D-A-N-N-I, and at her website, BattyDanny.Weebly.com. The voice of the Glory Driver is Sarah, who can be found making stuff with Flying Goose Studios at FGS underscore audio. The Rider Unlimited theme was made by me. Music for this episode was provided by Piss Hydrants Forever. You can follow the show on Twitter at LastLightPod, and feel free to leave a review and tell your friends. You can find the comic that Danny and I make together on Twitter at PaperStarsComic. Special thanks go out to The Observer 138. Thank you for listening, and until next time, may the Force fight for you, and may the power preserve you.